finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. This was totally different. This was like I was dying, but I didn't care about anything, nothing. I saw my head split into two from the top down. I saw our waterfall several times. And uh, I said, okay, I'm, I'm ready to do it again. Were you nervous again? I was nervous again, but I knew there was more. And uh, and it's not, you don't know what else there is, but you know that there's more. Essentially what's happening is you're entering this higher level of consciousness that you've not experienced before, and you don't want to come back. And I just started yelling at the top of my lungs. I was like, go in there, go in there. Get in And I knew what it was like to die. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This one's a little bit different. I want to share my psychedelic experience with you all, how it benefited me. I'm going to tell you every little detail, what I saw, what I experienced, all the little intuitive type things that came up. I'm doing this for two reasons. One... I've heard about this for a couple years now from a multitude of different guests that have been on the show. I finally decided to go try it myself. And man, it changed everything. Changed my entire life. My whole family dynamic for the better. And I want to get the word out there because I think this could help a lot of people. Not just veterans. Everybody. And the second reason I'm doing it because I want to raise money for the organization that put me through that, which is VETS, founded by Marcus and Amber Capone. So there's a link in the description, very prominent placement. Please go to the link and donate, even if it's just $1. If everybody donates $1 and this show gets 200,000 views, that's $200,000 that they can spend putting former special operations guys through this treatment. We've all been through a lot and they deserve it. And so please help me and my friends out and donate to vets so that they can send more guys through this treatment. 
save more families, more lives. You guys get the point. And I know you'll do it because I love you guys. And I know you love us. So thank you in advance. Enjoy the show. So you went on a trip last week. I did go on a trip. <laughs> and I took Ibogaine. And then all my hair fell out. <laughs> I like this new look. I'm just kidding. I'm digging it. The Ibogaine did make my hair fall out. I'm just getting old and I have a uh, bald spot. And it, started, it just started to look like, you know, it started to look like a guy trying to cover up a bald spot. So I had to whack it off. Well, you've been talking about it since before our wedding. Yeah, it's been two years. So I'm all for it. I like this now. So you want to hear about my, my Ibogaine treatment with vets? I do. I want to hear all about it. I guess I should probably talk about why I did it. You know, we had... We've had so many people here that have talked about how psychedelics have helped with anxiety, PTSD, traumatic brain injury, anger, forgetting what you're saying mid-sentence, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and it, it kind of started with Gallagher, Eddie Gallagher, and then we brought Marcus and Amber Capone on who started Vets. McCall, McHale, Vega did it. He's the one that, he was kind of the pioneer in the SEAL community that brought it to light. And DJ Shipley did it. Ed Calderon had talked about it. And there's more guys going. But after hearing all these guys, you know, talk about how life-changing it was, you know, um, I, something that people don't really see behind the cameras, what goes on outside of this room mm -hmm. and uh, and I did I do deal with a lot of anxiety and a lot of anger especially when it comes to all kinds of things yeah. and and I'm tired of living like that and 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 being in the moment you know forgetting what I'm saying mid-sentence I do that on camera all the time and and, you know, I just, I thought I was good because, you know, before we had met and while we met, uh, I, I did like three and a half years of therapy twice a week. That's, that's like 300 and something sessions. Yeah. And it did do a lot for me, but then we moved and that was, we moved and, and I'm not with that therapist anymore, so I didn't I didn't want to find a new one and and I figured, you know, I might want to give this a shot. So so we went down there and we did Ibogaine. The treatment includes Ibogaine and five MEO DMT, which is actually different than DMT. And um for those of you that don't know what those are, there's a ton of information online about both of those. And, and actually, Tony Robbins gives a very good description of what his 5-MEO-DMT experience was like and how it took his fear of death away. But 
so yeah, we went down there and I had called Marcus and Amber, as you know, or I actually texted them and I had like kind of a breakdown and, and I was, I was just ready to do it. And I honestly, I felt kind of guilty calling them because I know there are a lot of guys that are a lot worse off than, than me and, and who are in relationships you know, with their wife that are a lot worse off than us. We have a great relationship, but, you know, yeah, I do, do struggle a lot with a lot of things. And and they they got me right in there, you know, and, and <clears throat> I was a little skeptical. You know, you got to be open-minded for something like this, extremely open-minded. And I didn't know how it was going to go, but I was just going off of the the – the authenticity that these guys on the show, you know, have and, and, and how genuine they are when they talk about this treatment. And so I figured let's, I'm going to try it. Yeah. And they couldn't, Marcus and Amber couldn't have put a better program together. To be honest, everything is top notch. We went down there and when you arrive, it is in a house that's, it's not on the beach, but it's got a hell of a view of the ocean. And everybody had their own room. They have a full medical staff. They have chefs. Um, they take this extremely seriously. It's not like, I think, what a lot of people think where you go down there and, and it's gonna be like 1965 you know, with a bunch of hippies doing In the woods or something. Yeah, it's nothing like that. I mean, you get there, first thing you do is you get hooked up to a heart rate monitor. They they give you an EKG. They put like, I think it's like eight wires on you. Test your heart to make sure you're healthy enough to do the medication. They get an entire list of medications that you're on before you even go down there to make sure it doesn't interact with anything that you're going to be doing. Right. Didn't you have blood work done here too before you went down? Yeah, they made you get they made you get an EKG here and blood work done here before you even go down. Right. And then when you go down there, they do it all over again. So I got down there. I mean, basically, I put my bags in the room and it was go get your EKG done go get your blood, uh, urine samples, list of medications. They turn, they make you turn over all of your medications uh, right there. And they're just, you know, they're just t- taking safety precautions and making sure that you're healthy enough to do uh, the Ibogaine treatment, the 5-MeO-DMT treatment. I think it's majority for Ibogaine uh, because that's such a heavy drug. But also, though, uh, you weren't, supposed to be like drinking or anything leading up to that too, right? No drinking for four days. Prior to even going. Prior to. And that was hard for me. But I think a lot of people that watched this, they saw my social anxiety video and think I don't drink. I do drink. I just don't drink hard stuff. And uh, I drink about a bottle of wine to a half a bottle of wine a night. And uh, every night before I go to bed. So that was that was a little challenging. It wasn't too tough, but it was a little challenging. So we got down there, and I went with two other people. 
Uh, one, I'm not going to mention their name because I don't have permission. The other was I actually went with Marcus Capone. And, man, their staff down there was just so welcoming and extremely professional. They they even have chefs. You get you get a three course meal, sometimes a four course meal, three times a day. I mean, breakfast is a three course meal. Wow! <laughs> and it's got like the presentation and everything. Uh, it, it I mean, it's like a five star restaurant, you know. And uh, except you're just eating in a dining room. It's and so I guess I'm telling all this because I'm trying to paint a picture. When you go down there, it is 110% all about relaxation. You know, they want you to be comfortable. It's not, you're not overloaded with all these different activities to do all day long. It's, it is come down here, relax, think about why you're doing this. Think about your intentions on why you're doing this. Think about what you want to get rid of uh, or what you hope to get rid of. And, and, and the other thing they do tell you is don't come down here with a whole bunch of expectations because of the other people have done it, because this stuff works different for, on everybody. And um, so I did go down there. I didn't have any expectations. And honestly, I was a lot more skeptical than I probably let on being down there. But um, another, real quick though, another thing though. Um that's important too is um, communication. You know what I mean? Like you were kind of cut off from your phone and things like that, which I think was really good. Like I think you had the option to have your phone. Yeah. But I think to be in the moment, to really get the most of the experience, it sounds like, anyways, you really need to like surrender your phone and be there, right? Yeah. They, they, it, they don't make it, like, mandatory, like, hand over your phone, yeah. uh, but they definitely encourage not being on your phone all the time. And so I turned my phone over. Right. And, and we talked to a good friend of ours uh, who had done this experience, and he said the same thing. Him and his wife said, hey, you know, don't be on the phone. Just disconnect. Yeah, disconnect. Be selfish. And let this medicine do what it needs to do. You have to be a hundred percent committed in it for this for this stuff to work. And uh, we both really respect that. Not just that individual, but that couple. Mm-hmm. And um, and really took that to heart. So yeah, I got down there, and I put my phone on no notifications. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Stress affects us all. We just don't always realize how. Headaches, teeth grinding, digestive issues, sleeping too much or too little, overeating or not eating enough are just a few ways stress affects us. Being a business owner, I'm constantly under stress. It's something I'm always trying to better manage in my life. Thanks to the time I spent in therapy, I learned techniques that I could incorporate into my daily routine to help me better balance and try to avoid those stressful triggers for myself. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help you lower your stress. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, 
And the Sean Ryan Show listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Sean. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Sean. And you were the only one I was texting at first, just you and Sonny, you know, our son. And then Tuesday I turned it over and I was like, I just... Because even that first night, it was I'm getting texts from all these people, and it makes it just it's like I can't I don't want to deal with this right now. This is for me, and so I did wind up just turning the phone off, handed it over, and so <clears throat> so you go down there the first day, you do all the medical stuff, and then you do the sweat lodge. Second day is very lax. It's uh, very you watch a couple of documentaries on ibogaine. Um, about the treatment and some of the science behind it and what it does, and which was uh, extremely interesting. <clears throat> and there's a lot of coaching that happens uh, from Trevor and his staff. Trevor's, it's his business. It's his, he's, I don't know what his, um, I don't know what his title would be. I think it would be psychedelic healer maybe. I don't think he's a shaman. But uh, he's, I think he's a psychedelic healer. That's what we'll call him, psychedelic healer. So they kind of coach you and manage expectations and, and encourage you to, you know, really dive deep into your intentions and everything. So I journaled the whole thing in this book, which is the same book that all the guest stuff goes in. So I journaled everything in this book, every, every event. Uh, I didn't journal every day, I don't think, but I but I journaled every event that we did. And so, yeah, so I wrote down why I was there and I really dove deep into my intentions. And so my major intention, my first, my primary priority was just to be, I wanted to be in the moment again because I know you know this, but it would be, it was just, I couldn't talk to you without my head being somewhere else. And I couldn't play with our son, Sonny, without my head being somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I could do to be in the moment is to drink a half a bottle of wine and smoke marijuana every night until midnight. Mm -hmm. Why are you crying? <laughs> And uh, and then I would go to bed, come home, go to work for eight plus hours. Half the time I wouldn't even get anything done. I'm just doing busy work. And that created a, a lot of stress, you know, and you saw how I was in traffic and crowds. Yeah. I had a ton of anxiety. My anxiety immediately turns to anger, which makes me pissed off all day long, yelling about politics, traffic, you name it, I'm upset. Um, and and so I, I knew that was affecting you, and I knew if it wasn't affecting our son yet that it was going to uh, when he starts getting older. And so I, I wanted to make some changes, and, and um, so that was my primary intention. I wanted, to, I wanted to be in the moment. I wanted to get rid of anxiety. I wanted to get rid of my anger, and I just wanted to be a better husband and a better father for our son and for you. 
and another thing, and then I wrote like some other stuff down that I don't really feel like I need to get into. One of them being, you know, I forget what I'm saying mid-sentence all the time, and people make fun of me in the comments section about it. Oh, you've been blown up too many times. It, yeah, it's all funny, and that's great. You can talk shit on YouTube uh, behind a keyboard, but this shit's real. Like, it is from being blown up too many fucking times. Mm -hmm. And, um, and um, so after Marcus's interview, because he has bad TBI, I was hoping that it was going to do something for me. And uh, so, and that's that's humiliating, you know, when you can't put a sentence together or you forget what you're talking about mid-sentence. People just, I mean, I just told you, look at the comment section on YouTube. And, um, and so I was hoping maybe that that would help with some of that too. <clears throat> and so I wrote all this stuff down and and wrote down how I was feeling and I wrote down all the stuff that I wanted the medicine to take away also, which was uh, besides anxiety and anger issues, I wanted it to, in stress, I wanted it to take away just stuff that we all deal with, whether you want to admit it or not, you know, jealousy. Um, you know, we've had a lot of people on the show and a lot of businesses have blown up because of the show. And a, a lot of people have actually passed me up from being on my own show and which creates a lot of resentment. And so I wanted the resentment to go away because that's the whole point of this is to help guys, you know, build businesses. And, and it does exactly that. We've done amazing things with this show. And, um, but it was always, I always just felt used, uh, f not just from people on the show, uh, very few actually, but, I've always felt a lot of resentment, you know, because I, when somebody asks for help, what do I do? I drop everything. Yeah, I drop yeah. my family yeah. to go help people. And then when you don't get the appreciation, you know, the resentment sets in. So I wanted resentment. I wanted resentment gone. I wanted anxiety gone. I wanted anger gone. I wanted jealousy gone. I wanted uh, greed gone. I wanted all those things just to be out of my life and, 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 you know, I'm big on people with an ego problem and I think we all have an ego problem and I wanted my ego to just go away. And, um, so that's a, a long list, but so I wrote it all down and when you do this treatment, it's very ceremonial. So Ibogaine comes from a plant in Africa. I think it's Cardone. I may be butchering that, but you can look it up online. I, I think it comes from Cardone. I believe that's the country in Africa. And it's very tribal, you know, there it's a lot of like tribal traditions and, and, and very ceremonial fire, yelling, uh, dancing, war paint, the whole shebang, whatever you want to call it. And so at least the way Trevor runs it is it is very ceremonial. I'm not quite that ceremonial, but he had us write down all of our attentions and everything we wanted to get rid of on a piece of paper. And we all sit around in a circle uh, around a fire and you can 
say your intentions and what you want to get rid of. You don't have to. If you want to just say something else and say what you're thankful for, whatever you want you to say, you can say there. And when it's your turn and you're done talking, you put your piece of paper with all that information into a fire and burn it. And there's a lot of like, I think they're burning sage. And, and then you get the first pill. And this is at night that we took the first pill at 7.30 p.m. And then they give you, they say, look, this takes a while to kick in. So everybody go do whatever you want within the house and in the kind of the backyard, which is overlooks the ocean. And and but at 830, we need everybody upstairs, Um, which so you do it in this. Uh, it's kind of like a lookout room. It's got all these windows and which they black everything out for this, but you go upstairs and after an hour. So I went downstairs to my room and I just went through everything that I'd written, all the reasons I went there. And they also said, if you have questions, memorize your questions, or if you want to bring a notebook upstairs and, and you can, they said, you can ask the medicine questions, which I, I was like, okay, ask the medicine questions. I mean, I didn't say anything, and I was very open-minded. I didn't. Judgment is another thing I wanted to get rid of, mm. but because um, I'm very judgmental, and so so I read through all my notes. I just wanted to keep everything as fresh as possible in my head, and I had all these questions, and it, you know. One of my questions is, I, I wrote down all kinds of questions. I'm just going to keep that to myself. But went up there at 8.30. And I went up there at 8.30. And uh, Marcus was already up there. The other uh, gentleman was already up there. And you have these mattresses that are on the floor. I walk into the room. The room's completely, they blacked all the windows out. And you kind of settle under your mattress. I wore just like pajamas, a hoodie and pajama pants. Walk in and right in front of your mattress, they had like a a big mirror in front of everybody's mattress. They had a big mirror and a candle and then like some other stuff. There was like a jar of rocks with some, a feather sticking out and then like a thing of flowers. And everybody had the exact same thing. Uh, and then you have a bucket or a trash can next to you because a lot of people wind up vomiting on this, on Ibogaine because it's so potent. And they call that a purge. And they say if, if you're going to purge, then you're purging all this like negative energy or, or things from the past or whatever. You're purging all that. So anyways, I, I did have some questions, even though I was skeptical, I had memorized them and hearing some of the stuff beforehand, it's, you know, I've never done any psychedelics. I've done a lot of drugs, but I've never <laughs> done any psychedelics. And, um, and so the first thing they do once you kind of settle in is they put, they hook you up to that EKG machine again. And so, and they have a full med staff in there. And I mean, even before this, they're running IVs. I mean, they're making sure you're hydrated. Everything like is top notch there. 
And so they hook everybody up to these EKG machines uh, to monitor your heart during the during the treatment because it does raise your heart rate a lot, and uh, and it does it can create a lot of anxiety um, depending on what you're dealing with during your experience. So they hook everything up, and and then you take another pill, and. Almost immediately. So it was an hour between, I think it was an hour between pill one, pill two. And, oh, and also at the end of the mattress, they had these maracas with, like, this tribal stuff inscribed on the side of it. And in, in your, and you bring an eye mask, too. Put an eye mask over your face when it starts, when it starts, when you start feeling the medicine. And so... I sat Indian style and I'm looking at this mirror and they start, once everybody's hooked up and everything's good to go medically, they play this music called Weeki music. And this shit is like nothing I'd ever heard. I I don't even know why they call it music. It sounds (laughs) like, yeah, it sounds like 50 people in a house and it would it would be like you go take that tin trash can and just start banging it against the wall as loud as you can and you take the trash can lid and just start throwing it on the ground at random and you go over to the cabinet and start throwing all the glass out of the cabinet and just smashing everything on the floor and you just start slamming cabinet doors and you and you grab a pot and bang it on the counter. I mean, there's like no rhyme, no rhythm, no nothing. Yeah. All you can tell is it speeds up and slows down. So it, wow. it is like pure chaos. And you're just listening to this like, what the hell are we listening to? Listening to? And I think what they're doing is they're trying to, one, it's, it's, it's from that area of Africa, I believe. It's part of the ceremony. And and that's what you're listening to when this thing starts. So I'm looking in the mirror and, you know, I'm still a little skeptical. And they said, they said, you when the medicine kicks in, a lot of people will hear a buzz. And I was like, okay, well, I'm probably not going to hear a buzz because I have tinnitus really bad. And... I hear a buzz or ringing like all the time. So I'm like, there's no way I'm going to hear a buzz. And I'm sitting there. And so I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'm open. I'm going to let this thing do whatever it needs to do. Cause that's the other thing they say is just, you have to allow this stuff to work. Don't, don't fight it. No matter what comes up from your past or whatever the feeling is, just let this medicine take you where it needs to take you and show you what it needs to show you. And so I did, I was really open-minded. And, and so we start in the mirror and I'm shaking this Morocco, listening to this music. I'm sitting Indian style and I'm just like, you know, all right, looking at myself. And, and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and nothing's happening. This is how long after the second pill? I don't know. You have, you no have concept. like no conception. You have no concept of time. 
None at all. I'm just shaking this maraca. Nothing's really happening. And then they come over and they give you another pill. And um, so I don't know. I don't know how long it was. I feel like maybe it was an hour in between pill one and pill two, maybe 30 minutes in between pill two and pill three. And then they give you a fourth pill. And I think maybe that's like, I think they cut the time in half every time, but I'm not sure because you don't actually have any concept of time. But so I took second pill. I'm sitting there and I'm shaking this damn maraca and nothing's happening. And, and all you can see is like your face and the, like the candle flicker, you know, there's no other light in there. So it's, it's really dark. And, um, and sure as shit, something starts happening. And I start seeing these black tears come out of my eyes. And I wasn't crying, but I just saw like black tears. And I saw like out of my peripheral, cause I'm looking at my, I'm looking at myself in the eyes, in the mirror. And then I could, you know, out of my peripheral, I could see the tears. But if I tried to focus on the tears, they were gone, like hmm. immediately gone. And so I'd look at myself in the eye again and then the tears would start again. And I was, I was trying to figure out, I was like, is that a shadow from the candle <laughs> or, or is this actually happening? And I mean, I knew it wasn't actually happening cause I went like, mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, what the, and, and so I keep, I kept shaking and, and, Sure shit, once I figured out that if I focus on it or try to focus on it, then it's going to disappear. So I just let it, I quit trying to focus on it and I just looked at it through my peripheral and, and it just started tearing like more. And I could see the tears like dripping off my nose and they were black. And so that kind of went away a little bit just kind of stopped and I was like, man, that was weird. And I look over and, uh, the guy, I was in the center the guy to my right, he had already laid down and put his eye mask on. I looked over and, uh, Marcus was kind of still doing his thing, looking in the mirror. And, and the next thing I saw was I saw my head split into two from the top down like you draw a center line from the center of my head down my nose down my chin and it like split like it started it was almost like a it was peeling and so it started here and my head just like went like that started going like that and once again if I tried to focus on it then it would just it would go away the minute I'd focus on it it was just back to normal and but when your head's like splitting like that it's hard not to freak out a little bit and you know I'm looking at it and and it would come back you know and then I would let it I would look at it through my peripheral peripheral vision and it would start doing this again and uh, that one I kept I couldn't help myself from trying to focus on it because it's so weird oh, yeah. looking. Right. And everything's like perfectly proportioned. Like if, 
if your head was to peel and bend, like everything was exactly the way you think it would look. But there's nothing, there's no like blood and guts. I can't see my brain or anything. You know, it's just splitting. And after like three or four times, and once I got it again, like, all right, tr just try not to focus on it. Just let it, let it happen. And try not to focus on it. My head was like this and it kept splitting. And then up the middle of where my, the top of my head was splitting, like I saw another head coming out of my head and it was my own head. So it was like this, it was like this head was peeling and then another head was coming up of my head. And like, started at the forehead like very slowly it's not like it just popped up it was just like very slowly so you couldn't really tell at first and i was like that's my own head coming oh <laughs> coming God. out of my head and so i was like looking <laughs> at that and right about that time i started to hear that buzz and it sounded like it was like a buzz I had never heard before. It's a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about is like really hard to describe or put into words. And I started to hear this buzz and it, it sounded like, it sounded like if you can imagine a bee with metal wings, like fluttering and both like just right next to both of your ears, that's what it sounded like. And, and, and I, I was like, there's no way now, you know? And so I plugged my ears because I was like, this has to be the music. I plugged my ears and I all like, so the, I could still hear the music a little bit, obviously, but you know, got really dubbed down, but that buzzing did not get dubbed down at all. And I could hear, so I could hear my tinnitus and I could hear like this metal buzzing and it started really quiet. And it was also like this sensation too, like a feeling or maybe, I don't know. Basically you're essentially what's happening is you're entering this higher level of consciousness that you've not experienced before. And you're starting to feel all this energy in your body and when i felt the when i started to hear the the that metallic buzz it started like at the bottom of my spine like like right above my ass and i could feel it it, it i could feel it moving up my spinal cord and as it moved up my spinal cord, it was getting louder. And um, it wasn't like moving up at like a fast pace. It was like a very slow and steady pace. And I started I started getting a little anxious. I was like, oh man, like that's, that's okay. <laughs> this is, we're going in, <laughs> you know? I'm like, we're going in. And so, I wanted to stay in front of the mirror a little bit longer. So I, I stayed in front of the mirror. And the next thing I saw in the mirror was 
it was like I was wearing a mask. And so there was like this line that went from like the top right of my forehead down to like the bottom left of my chin. And, but it was like a rigid line, almost like if somebody had like a hockey mask and it got cracked in half, you know what I mean? And on this, on the top portion of my head, I saw it was like, I am today, except I had hair. And um, <laughs> and on the bottom portion, it was very, like, weathered. And it looked like I was... It looked like if you opened a casket a mm. hundred years after somebody died and the skin just started, like, kind of, oh. like, coming off. But it wasn't... I wasn't scared, you know what I mean? It wasn't like a horror movie or anything. You could just see like the skin was like coming off and it was white, like that like white grayish color. Mm-hmm. And uh and I was like, "Okay, that's enough." <laughs> so <laughs> so and by that time that buzz, I could it was it was louder and I could feel that energy, that chill like it was like right at my neckline. And the only kind of way to describe the chill is it's not like a chill like when you're cold. It's it's like a chill when you're running a fever. You know, you, you're you not cold, but you have like a chill. And that's the chill. It's, it's basically the same thing, but it moves slowly up your spine. And so I laid back. I put the eye mask on, and uh, I, I looked over. I was the last one looking at the mirror. And uh, I, I actually wanted to get back up and look at it again later to see if anything else happened. And so rewinding real quick, you know, the black tears, there's some different, I, I Googled some of this stuff because I didn't, I think there's a lot of symbolism that's going on. And they, they basically say that this, medic, this medicine, Ibogaine, uh, they call it Iboga as well, that Iboga speaks to you and, and, in these roundabout ways and it and and there's a lot of symbolism behind everything. So the black tears uh had something to do with me not really being happy with myself and who I was and I think that's what that symbolized and and and, and the other thing it could have been was a lot of grief from uh friends that I lost you know and uh from the teams and, and, and after the teams and it could have been that. And then the, my head peeling and mushrooming out of my own head, uh, it, I think that represented new beginnings and the, like the mask type thing. I don't know what that was. Uh, I, I'm kind of stumped on that one, but but um, anyways, so I laid back and it's in, I could feel it in my neck and, and it's like it started, instead of going up my spinal column, it's kind of started to V out like this and I could feel this chill like go over my entire scalp like this and it just stayed there and this is where I would think most people would have anxiety. You get anxious. Because just hearing this makes me anxious thinking about 
a buzzing and this feeling coming over through my spine up to my head. So yeah. I could see why having the EKG and everything. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because right at that point, Trevor came over to me and, and you're like 100% with it. Um, it doesn't sound like you're 100% with it, but if you snap out of it or somebody's asking you a question, you, you're you're there. It's not like you're intoxicated on booze or, or sluggish. Anyway. Nothing. Like, you're still sharp. And he's like, are you okay? And I was like, he's like, I'm just checking on you. Are you, are you doing all right? Do you feel anything? And I think my heart monitor was probably going, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, so I think he was just like making sure like, Hey, let's just, how you doing? And I was like, I hear the buzzing. I was like that. I was like, this shit doesn't sound like tinnitus. <laughs> and he was like, that's normal. He's like, don't worry about that. A lot of people hear that. And I was like, I, I feel like this chill over the top of my brain. And he's like, that's fine. And I'm like, I, I'm doing good. I was like, I'm going to let it take me wherever it needs to take me. I'm just, this is not what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, put the eye mask back on. And there wasn't like a whole lot of visualizations at this point, but I, there was a lot of sensation. And like that chill was real. And that buzzing was real. And this music was driving me insane. And the music would start speeding up. And it didn't bother me as much when I was sitting up looking at myself in the mirror. But when I laid down, it felt like when that wiki music sped up, it felt like I was laying flat on a merry-go-round and somebody was spinning me at 100 miles an hour. Mm. I mean, we're talking extreme vertigo. It's like when you've had, when you're extremely intoxicated and you get the spins mm. and you start getting nauseous, it's that exact feeling. And, and then when the music slows down, I would still have a little vertigo, but it wasn't like I was going to get nauseous. And so I did wind up purging, um, when that, it just kept happening, kept speeding up and finally I did purge. And not that anybody wants to know what it tasted like, but it didn't taste like any vomit that I've ever had before. It was like this metallic flavor and, or taste, not flavor, but it was like this metallic taste. It was like horrible. And, and there's nothing really to, there's not much to come up because you fast all day before this mm. so there's nothing in your stomach and uh so you're dry heaving a little bit as you're purging and like i said they say when you're purging you're like getting a lot of bad shit up and uh and 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 negative energy things that you've gone through whatever it's all coming up and so i get done doing that put my mask back on lay back down and i started feeling this stuff, like, it was like I could feel this medication, like, seeping into every crevice of my brain. Like, every corner, every crevice, going through it, everything. You can feel it. And so, 
I think you're tapping into a new level of consciousness that is pretty much impossible to reach uh, for the regular human mind. And, you know, they say what this does is you're able to access a lot more of your brain than you are uh, in normal consciousness. And so, so I could feel that happening. And right about that time, I'll put it this way, you know, if, if you cut yourself, your brain is telling all the cells to run down. If, you, if I cut my wrist, you know, my brain is telling all my cells to go to that area and heal that, to coagulate the blood and start to heal the wound, correct? Mm -hmm. Or if I feel pain, you know, or if, if I catch a virus and your immune system begins to fight the virus, your digestion, all these kind of things, you kind of become aware of what's actually happening. You're, it's like you're tapping into your subconscious, subconscious and, and you're feeling and kind of in, not in control, but you're feeling everything that your body's doing that you normally don't ever feel is kind of what I think was happening. And so I'm laying back and I start seeing like these visualizations of color. And there was a lot of purple, a lot of green, a lot of like pink, magenta type colors. But it wasn't like these bright, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like I was in a, a Beatles music video in the 60s or 70s, you know, it wasn't anything like that. It was like, almost kind of looked like, if you see like a gas in space, you know, it's like these different colors and it just kind of moves in these different shapes or uh if you've ever like taken food coloring and dropped it into a glass of water and you see like it kind of explode like that it's kind of like that the shapes are constantly moving and same thing as the mirror if i tried to focus on any particular shape or color then it would disappear and it didn't take up like my entire field of view it was just very specific points and they would kind of move around kind of like like an amoeba, uh, if you remember what those are in science, or maybe the shape of like an actual, I think everybody knows what a virus looks like now after COVID, um, but it's just these really abstract shapes that are just constantly moving. And what I think that was, is I think as that medicine was moving through my brain, it was every time it was hitting the receptors, it was like flashing colors. That's kind of hmm. what I felt like was going on. And so, um, pause there real quick. What this medicine is proven to do is it disrupts your default mode network. And so the human brain, especially as we go to older and you develop your ego and your way of thinking, that's where all the, that's why we get more judgmental when we get, as we get older, that's, 
you develop your ego and what you think is right and wrong or what your ego thinks is right and wrong and 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 good and bad and all this other stuff what that does is so it's it's the back of your brain and the front of your brain and basically it's sending neurons back and forth from the front of your brain to the to the back of your brain the frontal and rear lobe right and so what ibogaine does and and i believe all psychedelics uh, do this somewhat it basically interrupts that and so what happens is instead of the neurons traveling back and forth like this consistently just over and over and over again it disrupts that and it forces these neurons to your brain still has to communicate between the front and the back so it's like finding all these new avenues to communicate because they can't just they can't just be lazy and go back and forth from that main the, the default mode network they have to travel to all the parts of your through all the parts of your brain that you don't normally access so you're using like so much more of your brain capacity than what than what we normally use that's fascinating isn't it yeah and <clears throat> so that was going on for a while and uh, I have no idea how long that lasted. And the next thing I saw, and I didn't even really realize these were visualizations until, uh, the, until the end. But the next thing uh, that I experienced was all these memories. Uh, I think they were memories. I know they were memories were going through my head. And when Andy Gallagher was here, he kind of said it was like a film strip and like going through his head. And I, I kind of thought that was like a figure of speech. That's it, pretty much what it looks like. So mine, the way mine, the way I saw that was it would be, it looked like a two lane road. <clears throat> Or just two lines going like this and it was like widescreen TVs and there were movies playing in the TVs and I don't know how long it was but it was like a strip like coming from the back of my head to the front of my head two strips and then disappearing off into the distance all in a straight line so and it looked like kind of Star Wars credits. You know how they like go like this and as they scroll, they just start disappearing. That's kind of what it looked like. It was two rows of of widescreen movies happening. And as they're passing you by, you could kind of see what was going on in each screen. And, but the exact same thing you can't if you try to focus on one particular screen they all go away and then it starts over again and so this there was a pattern happening here every time you try to focus or try to take control of a situation it takes everything away and so i was i was in i'm under an eye mask you know what i mean so this is all like going on in my head there's you're not really seeing anything it's all happening like right here and I saw glimpses of like stuff that happened 
in Iraq, but I don't know what it was. And I saw glimpses of stuff that had happened in childhood. I saw glimpses of you and Sonny. Uh, the only one that like I remember like very vividly is our property and I saw I saw our waterfall like several times uh, going through my head and I that was like the only thing that I didn't that I could tell immediately what it was without trying to focus on it I could just see it just passing by and I was like oh man that's that's that waterfall that's on our property. Mm -hmm. And um, and I must have saw it, I don't know how many times, maybe three or four times, you know, passed through. And, and it just, anything that had anything to do with nature, like stuck out like a sore thumb. And then the other stuff, like there was something with my dad that passed by that I didn't like get to watch, like what was going on in that screen, but it was, something that had happened a long time ago in childhood and and uh you know just always remember that day but but most of the stuff I couldn't really put together I was just like I think that was I think that was that maybe something that happened in Baghdad but but I I couldn't focus on anything and uh otherwise it would all disappear and so so that was going on and so I think what that was uh was kind of the same thing. It was this medicine like opening up new pathways that hadn't been accessed in years. I mean, they say they say that you never actually lose your memory. Everything that's happened from the day you're born until today, it's all up here. Everything, all of it is up here. And maybe even before you're born, but it's all up here, it's just you don't have the ability to, to access it, you know. And so I think what this is doing is as it's moving through your brain and opening up these new pathways because it can't use the default mode network, it's accessing all of these memories that you, maybe some of them you have, you know, memories of, and then other stuff that you just forgot about but it's always been there you know what I mean and and just because you forgot about it doesn't mean that you're over whatever happened there or or maybe just you know what I mean it's mm -hmm. it's bringing all this like stuff up and maybe that you you've subconsciously blocked out of your mind because it was a traumatic event some of it was good stuff you know but it was all being everything was being accessed I felt like my entire brain was just like lit up. Yeah. And um and then I don't know what happened it like went black. <clears throat> and um went black for for I don't know how long. And I remember and I remember all of a sudden the music changed, so I I kind of feel like I may have blacked out during the experience uh, at least through part of it because I don't remember the wiki music ending and the next thing starting which was like regular it's kind of like weird trippy music um, stuff that I don't listen to but it just was kind of 
It was different. And um, I actually have the playlist. <laughs> but uh, maybe I'll link that below. But um, but I just remember thinking like, oh, what, what happened to the wiki music? And I, I didn't see anything. There was no visualizations, no colors. I still had feeling, you know, a very like overpowering sensation that this stuff was all throughout my body and my veins, everything. And, um, and I could still feel like that chill in my brain and, and kind of feel things moving around up there. I could not feel anything. And, um, I got a little bit paranoid that I was like, oh man, I'll bet when I purged, I probably purged up the last pill or two and I probably lost all effect and I'm going to have to come and do this all over again. And also, like almost immediately when I laid down, I got I got sweats, like the, the night sweats. And dude, my entire, my clothes were completely soaked. My mattress was soaked, my pillow was soaked, the blanket was soaked. Like I was, this stuff is like drawing a lot of bad stuff out of your body. Mm -hmm. And and just for the record, I lost 11 pounds in one week off of this stuff. So it drew a ton of toxicity out of my body. And I'll tell you how we know it was toxicity later. But so I'm thinking, I'm like, I didn't see anything. I probably purged up the last two pills, but I was like, I was like, all right, just calm down. This is me trying to take control of the situation again and say, hey, I'm, nothing's happening. I need to control this. Give me more or whatever. And uh, which you don't want more. This None of this stuff feels great. You know, it's. Nixon made this stuff illegal in like the 70s because he said it was addictive. There's no way in hell this is addictive. Um, because you, I mean, you're nauseous. There's no pleasure. No, there's none. You're dealing with stuff that you, I mean, you, you got to be ready to deal with it and you have to, uh, you know, be open to dealing with it. Otherwise, it's, this isn't going to work. So it's really open. But anyways, I, this thought popped in my head at that point uh, after I was starting to get a little bit frustrated. And I was like, you know what? My primary intention was actually to be in the moment. And maybe I'm not having any visual, visualizations because it wants me to be in the moment. And so once that thought kind of popped in my head, I don't know, maybe that was a boga like putting that thought in my head, like we're not, you're not going to see anything else until, until you're in the moment. And so I just laid there and actually thought about nothing. And I was in the moment. And, uh, once I kind of let go of that control and that's a thing, that's an issue that I have is control. And, and I mean, I've structured my entire business so that I can control every access, every, every, I can control every point of my business and, and, and it overwhelmed me. And so it's really hard for me to kind of let go of that control. And, but 
once again, I don't know if I really blacked out or not, but then that went on for, it seemed like a long time of nothing. And, um, and then the, and then I've had a visualization. This is kind of trippy and hard to describe, but you know how like those horses on a merry-go-round like steadily go up mm-hmm. and down and up and down that I wasn't on a merry-go-round, but that was like what I was doing. I felt like I was floating up and down and to this music that was playing. And I was in this maze with these really weird looking stuffed animals and like dolls and shit like that from like floor to ceiling, but you can't see the floor or the ceiling. It was just these walls that like seemed infinite of weird looking (laughs) stuffed animals and dolls and stuff. And you're just going like this through this like maze and there was walls of this. And uh, I was, I have no idea what that meant. It, it felt like something out of Alice in Wonderland. It was really, it sounds like it, (laughs) like I was, uh, yeah, like I was in Hunter S. Thompson's head or something. But <laughs> but um, that didn't last very long. And then I, uh, I don't know if it went black again, but I th- uh, but then all of a sudden I remember kind of waking up and I didn't or coming back too maybe, and uh, I was thinking about you and Sonny. And um, the music was gone, and all I could hear was the white noise machines on. And um, and at one point in time, I I got up. I had to go to the bathroom, and they 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 unplug you from the the hard the EKG machine. And when you stand up, they're like, "Look, don't." It seems like you can move fine in your head, but you're you can't. Mm. So take it real slow, baby steps. And so you're like stepping like this. Like a shuffle. Yeah, like a, <laughs> like if you've ever seen What About Bob and they say baby steps to the bus <laughs> yeah. and it's like, well, that's how you're walking to the bathroom and they're holding. And you're so, you have vertigo and you're shaking. I mean, you can't even, you can't even like stand there by yourself and pee barely. And um, and you get help, go back, and then I I purged again at some point after that. But anyways, I'm thinking about you and Sonny. Started thinking about my parents, uh, my brother and my sister, like a lot of family stuff. And um, but good, all good. It was more like I was just wondering, you know, what you guys were doing and remembering good things, and that lasted for a little bit. And then the, um, the like the last thing that I was thinking about, which I didn't want to think about it, and I know this came from a prior conversation, was um, was China building all these cities in Africa, and we had a discussion about how they're building all these villages and cities and all over Africa, and um, basically taking over the continent. Uh, which is actually happening, and and that's kind of a fear of mine, and um, and 
So I was thinking about that, but I didn't want to think about that. I was like, I'm not here to think about right. China's long game. And, um, but it was, and then it left. Like I once, like I thought about it for a little bit and I had these visualizations of like me going through Chinatown in the middle of Africa and these villages that are all China, Chinese and, and, uh, and once I like made the decision, like, I'm not thinking about this right now. This isn't why I'm here. It, it was gone nice. and it was back to family. And, uh, I taken my, uh, sleep mask off and I could see the light shining through the, uh, the blackout shades. And I was like, oh man, I was like, it's morning already. And I wish I would have taken my watch off, but I had it on. I looked at my watch and it was like eight something in the morning. Wow. And I thought that this maybe a couple hours had gone by. That's 12 hours. Yeah. And so you feel like horrible. Like you feel horrible. You can't walk. If I'm still nauseous, you're, I'm completely soaked because I had been sweating all night. And so I just, I just like laid down and tried to go to sleep, but this medicine keeps you up. You're not going to sleep. And, um, so I looked over, Marcus had actually already gone. And then the other guy, uh, was still laying there and he was just kind of but he didn't, he looked fine. And I was like, I remember asking him, I was like, do you, do you feel as bad as I do right now? And he's like, it'll start to wear off. And, uh, and, uh, I was like, okay. And I, I just, I was like, man, I, I can't even move. Like, I, I don't even want to move my arm. I feel like if I move anything, I'm going to vomit again. And, um, so, I just laid there with my eye mask on, woke up again, or like not woke up because you can't sleep, but no more visualizations at this point. It's just pure misery. And uh, I lift up my eye mask and look at my watch again. It's 12.30 p.m. Oh, my gosh. And this dude, the, the, the other guy that was next to me, he's gone now. And nobody else is in the room except like this poor paramedic who's on who's on watch, mm -hmm. you know, cause they can't leave until everybody's out of the room. And I felt like bad for him. I was, <laughs> I was like, man, I could be in here for another 48 hours. I yeah. don't know. You know, like I'm not going anywhere. And I was, but I had to go to the bathroom. So he held me up, walked me to the bathroom, laid back down. I was like, man, I can't go to my room. And so he ran me an IV I think they ran everybody in IV uh, when when they were getting ready to leave uh, to go back to their their actual room, but ran me an IV, gave me a little bit of anti nausea venison through the IV, and uh, which actually helped. And uh, it took I think it took two guys to get me to my room, wow. if I remember right. I mean you're not feeling great, and uh, and I had to go down two flights of stairs. Oh my goodness. Yeah, to get to my room. So I went to my room and 
laid down and they had people checking on me like seemed like every 30 minutes and um, I was just laying in my bed sweat started up again immediately my bed was soaked asking me if I want anything to eat do you want anything to eat no do you want any soup no do you want any broth no there's nothing I'm going to be able to hold down I feel horrible they're like don't worry it's going to start to wear off soon I think I was there for another four hours. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And finally, uh, in, during that four hours, the, I, I was having those visualizations again that I said uh, were like the kind of like the, ame- the colors, mm-hmm. like the amoebas moving through. And, and same colors. It was like green, magenta, pink uh there was some blue actually this time and and uh if i would open my eyes and look at the wall i could see like this is crazy but i feel like i could like see the energy in the wall like flickering Hmm. kind of moving around and um but nothing like it was, that was it. It was pretty tame. It wasn't anything like my head peeling back or anything. And um, so I, I got up. I had to go to the bathroom, went to the bathroom, looked at myself in the mirror. And first thing I wanted to look at was my eyes. I was expecting my pupils to be like super dilated. And they weren't. But I felt like my eyes were different. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, what is going on with my eyes? And I wrote this down in my journal, by the way. And I'm looking at my eyes and I'm like, something's different. I don't know if they're, I think they might be darker, but I'm not sure. But something is definitely different with my eyes. And then uh, took a shower, went upstairs they asked me if I wanted anything to eat. I was like, absolutely not. And I just wanted to go outside. So I just went outside. I was like, I just want to get some fresh air. Went outside, sat there, was looking out at the ocean, not thinking about anything. And I sat there for two and a half hours. I haven't been able to sit with myself for 17 years, at least, at a minimum. It's been 17 years since I left the SEAL teams. Haven't been able to sit with myself at least since I left the SEAL teams and just be by myself and think about nothing. My head wasn't racing anymore. It wasn't all about anger and anxiety and things that had happened in business and and current events current events and none of that was there it was just I was just there in the moment and I realized I was like holy shit like my primary intention like it happened I'm here sitting by myself not talking not thinking about things just here enjoying this moment I sat there for two and a half hours I couldn't sit there for two minutes before. Yeah. And as I was looking out at the ocean, 
I started seeing these, it looked like cells, like, like cells, like in your body, cells. It was, but they were translucent, almost like floaties in your eyes. Do you have mm-hmm. floaties? I've had them before. Are they translucent, like weird little shapes? Yeah, or like a blur. I've had yeah. like a little blur thing. Like little bubbles and stuff, maybe? That's mm-hmm. what this was like. Okay. And so it looked like like if you look at a microscope and you see all these cells like moving around real fast. And there was just thousands of them just moving around all over the place. And I, f- I feel like it was like all these cells that had regenerated and it was being projected from the back of my eye to the front of my eye like I was looking through like a filter. Also, I, f- I also think that my vision actually improved because things in distance at distance seemed a lot crisper. But uh, I would look at something else and I couldn't really see the cells. But if I looked over the horizon and it was like a constant color, like if I looked at something and it was busy and there was a lot going on, like grass or flowers or buildings or whatever, I couldn't see it. But if I looked at something that was like a consistent color, like the ocean or the sky, I could see it, all these little things just moving around all over the place. But it, they were very faint, and and like I said, they were actually they weren't even they weren't even translucent. They were like transparent, and um, all you could see is little like outlines of things. And, and, um, and then I, I and so what I think that was is this medicine I believe is proven to regenerate cells in your brain, neurogenesis. It, it replenishes your brain, it replenishes the receptors, and it promotes brain growth and, uh, and regeneration of cells. And I think I was seeing that be projected into the front of my eye. And then the, and, and at that point, somebody had come out and I had mentioned, I, I, sa- I said, do you guys see this? And, uh, or is it just me? And uh, they saw it too, and um, one of them did. And I was like, okay. And uh, so I closed my eyes. I was, I just didn't want to leave being outside. It just felt so. It felt so good to be there, not thinking about anything, and just being there in the moment that I didn't want to leave and. Uh, I I just closed my eyes and I saw this was weird. I don't know what this meant. I don't know why I saw it, but it was like a 1980s video game graphic. It almost looked like the like a like if Sonic the Hedgehog was developed on Atari back in the 80s. That's kind of what it looked like, but it was this little red like circle with stick arms and stick legs. And it like walked out of the corner of my eye, stopped like dead center of my vision, turned, waved at me, put its arm back down, turned, and then walked right back out the corner of my eye. And I was like, 
what the hell was that? Yeah. That's like the only thing that I saw that that I was just like, what? And um, I don't know what that was. <clears throat> um, so, like I said, I still felt like crap. So I went down to my room and I was like, all right, I'm going to go to bed for the night. And um, it was really early. And I remember closing my eyes and, and like those little energy shapes or amoebas were there again. And then I saw perfect grid lines, which I don't know what that is, but I wrote it down in here, but I saw like, it was, um, where are they? Yeah, it was like these perfect, it was these perfect grid lines and mm. they were like this deep blue but very vibrant and I don't I don't know if that meant anything but it just covered my the entire inside of my eyelids wow. like like graph paper just like and um and then I just saw in my notes something I forgot to say was um your teeth are chattering during this whole experience oh, uh, when really? the ibogaine kicks in your teeth are like not like real bad but they're like they're chattering and, um, and yeah, that was, they call that the gray day. The day after you take the Ibogaine, they call it the gray day. So that was the Ibogaine experience, which is incredible. Um, then you had the gray day mm -hmm. and then what came next after that? So gray day is Wednesday. They do... They all, like I said, they're still taking blood pressure and all this stuff and uh, making sure everything's okay, monitoring your, your medical. And then Thursday comes around. I felt a lot better. I woke up feeling I had a little bit of a headache still. Uh, they had run like several IVs. But all in all, I felt really good. And... Um, <clears throat> I was like really excited to go back outside and <clears throat> you just kind of want to like be outside and uh, just have like this urge. And uh, anyways, so Thursday afternoon, they say we're going to do this uh, five MEO DMT. That's five Mike Echo Oscar DMT. And... I didn't really think much of it because I said it only lasts for about 10 to 15 minutes. And they start talking about how you're going to experience death. And I've never been really like scared to die on the battlefield. I just, I always kind of considered myself already dead. Like when Tim asked, how do you deal with like the anxiousness and stuff going down to Mexico? You know, when we were going to do that uh, stuff, that cartel series. I was like, you're not going to like the answer to this. And, and he was like, well, you know, how did you do it? And I said, I already considered myself dead before we ever even went on the mission. So the only decision left to make is how am I going to die? Am I going to die as a coward? 
or am I gonna die fighting? And he <laughs> he was like, uh, not what he wanted to hear. Yeah, and it wasn't like that with this though. You know what I mean? Be- it was I didn't I wasn't like that fearless guy. Um, when they said you're gonna experience death, I started getting like real anxious and uh, real nervous. Well, when I was at home, I uh, before you left, I took a picture of your itinerary, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was, you know, our, our communication was limited, so I was checking the itinerary, and I saw this five meo DMT, and it was like between your, it was like after your lunch, something like it was. It just seemed like nothing on the schedule of events, but I Googled it, and it was like frog venom. It's from a toad. Toad venom? Yeah, toad venom. Toad venom. So if you, like, irritate this specific type of toad, then this venom comes out, and that's what it is. So that, like, slang, they kind of, like, they say, oh, you're going to lick the toad. And um, anyway, so they they sit us down, and they have us watch a couple of documentaries, like mini-docs. And one of them is, uh, I don't know if he's a shaman or a psychedelic healer or what the title is. I, I got to ask Trevor what the title is. But they have us watch two, uh, one mini documentary. And it's this guy that administers 5-MeO-DMT to all kinds of people. And he administered it to, like, Mike Tyson and some big names and whatever, right? And so we're watching this. And he spouts off this fact, and I, I'll never forget it. He said that 92.6% of the people that he has administered 5-MeO-DMT to no longer have a fear of death. Wow. And be, because you experience death and you know what it's going to be like. And I was, I just started getting nervous. Yeah. And... And they started showing, like, people that were doing it, and it it didn't look fun to me. Um, but basically, you smoke it, and you put your arms out, and you're sitting up, and you fall backwards, and it's like you're out. And, um, and they had the eye masks on, I believe. You're supposed to wear an eye mask, or a lot of people wear an eye mask on with this. And so I'm watching that, and I'm, like, kind of looking at the other guys, and I'm like, you guys are, like, good with this? And so then we watched uh, Mike Tyson did an interview with Tony Robbins on his podcast, and Tony Robbins went and did 5-MeO-DMT down in Brazil, and he explains it. And he said that the one thing that he has never been able to do is talk to people that are dying, like cancer patients or people that are getting ready to die. He just never was able to kind of overcome being able to talk to people before they die and let them know it's going to be okay or whatever, you know, Tony Robbins does. He just wouldn't even take that on. Mm. So he did research and found this 5-MeO-DMT, went down to Brazil, did it, uh, like the ceremonial stuff, and now he has zero problem talking to people 
that are dying, of, that are going to die of cancer or, or anybody that's getting ready to die or family that's died or all, all that stuff. He's like, I have absolutely no problem doing that now. That's amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. And um, it was a very interesting interview. And after we watched those, we went up and we had kind of like a group circle and we're sitting there talking about how it's going to work and Trevor's saying, hey, we can do it up here in this room or you can do it outside if you want. Sometimes people yell at the top of their lungs. Sometimes people scream and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, why would they be screaming? And, and <clears throat> so I just raised my hand and I, I was like, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I'm feeling extremely anxious about this right now. And I am very nervous. And he, he's like, well, that's completely normal. And, 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 uh, the other guys have already done this. And I'm like, are you guys nervous? And both of them were like, I've done this before and I'm nervous again. And I'm like, oh man. So is this something that they don't need to have you hooked up to EKGs for? No, they did. No, they didn't have us hooked up to anything for this one. But they did still have a full med staff uh, on station. Standby. Which um, made me comfortable on one hand. And on the other hand, I'm like, why is there all these medical people here? <laughs> and, uh, but he's kind of telling us how it's going to work. And I'm... He's like, you can either do it outside, you can do it outside. Some people scream, some people get up, some, you know, we got a full med staff, everything's going to be fine. They call this the bliss drug, like everything's going to be fine. And so the way it's described is like, you're going to get this major wave of anxiety, like total, like anxiety, like you've never felt. Oh my gosh. And then it's going to release and everything's going to change and it's going to be very euphoric. This is all after you smoke it. Yeah. And he's telling us how to do it. And he says, all right, so basically what you want to do is you want to be basically do a slow 20 to 30 second inhale, hold your breath for, I can't remember how long, and then exhale. And by the time you're exhaling, your arms need to be out like this. And you just start counting backwards. I'm like, all right, well, that sounds easy. And you're laying down, like you're on the ground? Once you fall back. So you're sitting up, you smoke it, you start then, doing your countdown with your arms out, and you fall back. Okay. And I'm like, all right, sounds easy enough. But I'm nervous, like real nervous. And so what I... What were you nervous about, that you thought you were going to die? I didn't... I didn't do any. Uh, I didn't do any research on 5-MeO-DMT because everybody has talked about the ibogaine and how powerful the ibogaine is and how it's curing addiction and all the and how powerful it is. That I didn't even take the time to research that research the 5-MeO-DMT. And so when they're telling me I'm going to experience death, that hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, oh. I'm gonna what, you know, and <laughs> and so I'm like, well, I would like to do it outside. I've always heard, you know, 
that this I, I liked being outside after I began. It made me feel good being out there and thinking about nothing. So I was, I was like, I want to go. I just want to do it outside. So, and the other two had never done it outside, if I remember correctly. So they were like, Yeah, I'll do it outside. So they were like, All right, we're gonna go set up. So I set up to put a blanket out on the grass, put a pillow out so when you fall back you don't hit your head on anything and and they said bring an eye mask out if you want to wear it you can wear your sleep mask if you don't want to wear it that's fine too and um beautiful day out it was probably around 70 degrees sunny um fresh air middle of the day yeah i think it was about two i think it was like two or three in the afternoon and so I go out and they have like the med the medical staff is like in a half moon circle behind you. So I'm facing this way. Trevor's right here. He's basically the only person I can see. And then the, and then staff the, behind the medical staff is behind me and I saw they had like a uh, a bag valve mask. So if I Something happens, they're mm. gonna bag me, and I'm like, oh shit. And uh, so I didn't know. I was like, holy shit, can like, can you OD on this stuff, or you know, like, what's what's gonna happen? Right. You know, what are the what are the possibilities? Yeah. You know, what are the what, what are ifs? the repercussions if I get too much of this, or I don't come out of it? And and I didn't and I didn't want to go Google it real quick. You know what I mean? Because no. You, you know freak how that, yourself out. Yeah. And so I was just like, all right. And they just kept saying, like, just like the Ibogaine, you have to trust the medicine. Let it do, let it take you where it's going to take you. Deal with whatever it puts in front of you, whether it's a visualization, whether it's a, uh, uh, some type of an emotion or intuition, whatever it is, allow it to, to do what it needs to do. I'm like, all right. <clears throat> I mean, this stuff like takes a lot of courage. I'm yeah. not gonna lie, and at least for me, it did. And so I go out. I'm first one, and I didn't know how. I, f I was like, should I go first? Should I not go first? I really don't want to see Marcus Capone screaming, going ape shit before I go do the exact same <laughs> thing because he's a big dude. <laughs> you know, he's like almost seven foot tall, and. <laughs> And I'm like, man, I don't. All right, I'm going. You know what I mean? I'll, I, I, I was like, I'll go first because I this. If I see somebody else, it might freak me out yeah. even more. So I go and I'm like sitting there and I'm like looking at Trevor and he's like, Are you ready? And I'm like, Man, I'm like, I'm like real nervous, man. <laughs> and uh, he's like, It's fine. He's like, It's gonna be fine. Just, just trust the medicine. Everything's gonna be fine. And. Uh, so we did this, so you're supposed to do it three times, and they call it a handshake. And he's like, I can give you like the full thing all at once, or I can do a handshake. And what the handshake is, is it's kind of like the first one's like a handshake, like, hey, I'm getting to know you. I'm just going to give you a, a little bit. And then the second one, I'll give you a little bit more. And then the third one is like the most powerful dose. And I was like, I'll take the handshake. A method and uh, <laughs> so so we're sitting there and 
I do it. You know, I do like a long 20 to 30 second inhale. Put my arms out. He's like, hold your breath. Start to count backwards from 10. As soon as I started counting, all, I had my eyes closed. All these colors, like it was like this explosion of color, like a kaleidoscope of red, magenta, pink, orange, yellow. And it was just like, like, that's all I could see were all these colors. And it was like in a, it was like a kaleidoscope. It just, my eyelids were just an explosion of color. I started counting backwards from 10. I don't know if I even hit seven. And I was like, boom, you know, hit the pillow, close my eyes, still have my eyes closed, I guess. And, and man, it was, it was the most anxiety I had ever felt and probably, and the most fear I had ever felt in my entire life. And I don't know exactly what my mind was dealing with at that particular moment in time, but I knew it was dealing with a a lot of negativity and a lot of stuff. And I just started yelling at the top of my lungs. I was like, go in there, go in there, get in. I mean, yelling, screaming it. And, uh, like, I feel like I'd never yelled like that before in my life. Like, it was, it was intense. In my, you know when you get, like, a muscle spasm? hmm In, like, a very, like, pinpointed part of your body? Mm-hmm. I felt like I had, like, 50 muscle spasms going all over my body at once, and I was, my, like, all of them were, like, shaking. It wasn't like a spasm, though. It was, like... You know what it felt? It was like when you put the TENS unit, like for my back, yeah. you know, when you put the TENS unit on me and like my, you can see my back muscles start like doing all right. these things Jerking and kind of, yeah, and contorting my body. That's what it felt like, but all these little pinpointed places all over my body and I could really feel it the most in my back and like right here in my glutes, which come to find out that's and in my neck which is areas that you hold a ton of stress Hmm. and that was just shaking and I was like I said I yelled I think two or three times like as loud as I was like get in there like I was telling myself like deal with this like this is in front of you you're gonna deal with it right now but you don't know what it was. No, it's like an, it's like, it's very, it's, it's a feeling, it's an intuition. It's, I don't know what it was. I can't pinpoint it. I just know it felt like a ton, like all of the bad shit that has happened to me, all the anxiety, all the negative energy, everything was just, it felt like it was getting sucked out of my body. And, and I could, it felt like things were going like light speed, like through, like through my, it felt like it was like going through my veins, you know, and then exiting through my fingers. Cause I, I remember my hands opened up like, like that, like this. 
and and I could just feel like all this like flowing right out. Same with my toes; it was coming out of my toes, and and it was just it was there was no visualizations at all. Like the color was gone; it was black, and it was just it took me to like my most vulnerable point I'd ever been in. And, and then I had, this wasn't a visualization either. This is more of like another intuitive feeling. I felt like there was like this black tar or like goop or something on my heart and on my heart and like my major arteries. And it felt like this like goo or, or tar or whatever like was dripping off. And then, like, and it was a full, like, I was, I was 100% like letting this do what it needed to do. There was, I wasn't fighting it. I was like trying to coach myself and encourage myself to, to deal with whatever this was. And, um, and it was like when you felt that last drop come off your heart, off of my heart, it, it felt like it had sucked it felt like first it had sucked all the bad stuff out of me, like negative energy, traumatic events, all that felt like it was like sucked out of my body. It like an extremely fast pace. Then, then the tar came off and that felt like it was my ego. I, it's so hard to describe. It's ineffable. And it felt like my ego was now being sucked out of me. Like I no longer cared about anything. And then I've felt, it's like I felt my soul rise out of my chest hmm. and it just kept rising in the, Nobody knows this, but I'm going to say it. But the only feeling that I ever have felt that was even somewhat similar to this was uh, when I used to live in Colombia, I overdosed on cocaine. And uh, all I remember was not being in my body. But I, like I was... In, I wasn't like I was down looking at myself, but I remember not feeling like I was in my body. And I looked up and, and these people were like trying to get me to drink water and like waking me up and all this other shit. And, and that is the, but it was like this, that, my cocaine overdose felt like a small fraction of what was being, what was happening right here right now and once my ego got sucked out of me it was like the most amazing feeling in the world the most and like I said there was a lot of anxiety right before that and 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 more than I'd ever felt and way more than I had ever felt and And I, they brought in like this 
person to teach us breath breathing techniques before we did the Ibogaine. And I remembered the breathing techniques and I slowed my breathing down in my nose, out my mouth. And it's like right about almost simultaneously when I thought about the breathing techniques, that's when my I felt like my soul was coming out of like just, it felt like my body was melting into the earth and my spirit or my energy or whatever you want to call it was like rising above me. And so I opened my eyes and I was under a palm tree. I remember seeing palm tree leaves, these birds flew over. And I just remember the first thing I thought was, I was like, I can't, I can't believe uh, how blue the sky is right now. And, and it, and I, it, actually the first thing I thought was when I, when I started those breathing techniques, it felt like my breath turned into the earth breathing. And also at the exact same time, this sounds weird and you know, whatever, like I said, if you don't have an open mind, you're not listening anymore anyways, but mm -hmm. it, it I, I swear I felt, uh, I felt and heard the earth's vibration. The earth has a vibration. I don't care what anybody says. I felt that I heard it and it was like the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard in my life. It was the most beautiful feeling I had ever felt in my life. And I swear it was God or, but it wasn't like you're meeting somebody. There was no visualization. What I saw was there. You know what I mean? It was, it was the exact same stuff that I saw before I closed my eyes and fell backwards, you know, and I was, but I was looking up and it was just this overwhelming feeling of peace and and welcomeness and zero judgment like zero judgment and you didn't want to leave and uh i thought about you and sunny and while i was in that state of mind i was telling myself i was like let it go Everything's gonna be fine. I was saying, my wife, Sonny, let everything go. Let it go. And and I every time I said said it, it, it like felt better. Mm -hmm. And it it takes you to this state of mind where you. This kind of maybe sounds a little bit weird, but. It was like, okay, like I wasn't, I, it was okay that I was going somewhere that you feel like you're going somewhere and you're not coming back and where you're going is perfect and you don't want to come back and it's okay. It was saying it now, it sounds selfish, but I wasn't, it was okay that I was leaving you and Sonny behind and, and then I kind of forgot about everybody and everything all of it i just it just everything going on up here is gone and it's it's heaven and i felt 
this is a handshake dose. And I remember uh, sitting up and I could still hear and feel the earth's vibration. And I think this is actually like, I think at, at that point I had hit the peak of the medicine. And I sat up and I remember looking, I saw the ocean, I saw everything that I saw before I fell backwards. But every, you, for the first time in my life, I realized that every single thing on this planet is connected through this energy, through this Earth's vibration or the vibration of the universe. And, and you could, it, everything made perfect sense. Everything was perfect. Everything was beautiful. Everything was in perfect unity. And it was just this flow of energy that you could, you could, you, it's not like you could see it, but you could see it. You could feel it. You could feel your energy going into the grass, going into the earth. You could feel the ocean. You could feel the air. You could feel the energy of the, of Trevor next to me, the palm tree, the bushes, everything was everything out there is 100% interconnected. It is all for the first time you see it, you, it's like, and it's immediate. You're like, oh man, like I've had it wrong. Everything on this earth is connected through this energy. The entire universe is connected. And Trevor asked me if I wanted a little bit more. And, and I said, I'm, I said, I'm, I'm really good where I'm at. I don't, I don't need any more right now. And I just wanted to like live out this experience because every, it was just, I remember a bug was, oh, and then also when I came, when I opened my eyes, the first thing I wanted, the first thing I did was move the blanket so that I could touch the grass. And, and then I, I got off, when I sat up, I, I crawled off the blanket. I just wanted to be in the grass and feel the grass. And like the minute you put your hand on it, you feel like this energy come out of your hand. It goes into the ground and it's everything. Everything is one thing. And I was crying and I was laughing and it was like, it was a happy cry though. And, um, and then I, I came down and uh, I said, okay, I'm, I'm ready to do it again. And uh, he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. Were you nervous again? I was nervous again, but I knew there was more. And, uh, and it's not, you don't know what else there is, but you know that there's more. And it wasn't like I wanted to go through it again. I felt like there was more that I had to deal with, whatever that is. I felt like I had to deal with it. And uh, he said, all right, well, let's move back. And I was like, I, I want to do it here. And uh, I was like, is that all right? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, move the blanket up. And I was like, I don't want the blanket. He's like, bring the pillow. And I was like, I don't want the pillow. I just want to be on top of nature. Mm. And he's like, okay. And I was like, actually, can I do it up there? Because up there was like, you're kind of, you're not on a cliff, but you're on a steep hill. 
And he's like, ah, that's kind of close to the cliff thing. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, can we move those benches out of the way? I didn't want anything man-made in my field of view at all. Nothing. All I wanted to see was just... Earth. Earth. So they moved the benches out. Same exact thing. Deep inhale, hold, 30 seconds. Colors came back, fell back. Anxiety goes through the roof again. A lot of fear again. Almost the exact same thing. I don't feel like I was shaking quite as bad uh, with all the muscle spasms, but it was they were definitely there. And it all happened all over again, except it felt, when I came out of it, it felt even more powerful. And, and I felt like I could feel the energy of the universe even more. And it was just so overpowering. And, uh, and the next thing that happened is I had this intuition There were no visualizations. It was all intuition. I had this intuition that Gabe was like right there. And uh, and, uh, I started crying and um, I just started saying Gabe's name and I was like, Gabe. I was like, Gabe. (laughs) And I just started like crawling towards the something, but there was nothing there. It was just a presence that I felt uh, with my own intuition, like an energy that was like literally like just steps away from me. I crawled towards it and I just knew that like he was there. And everything was fine, and uh, and I was happy for him that he was in this space, and um, and then I started, and then that presence kind of faded away, and I started looking around again, and I could once again, I I just my breath turned into everything, just it's all one thing. We are all one thing. And I remember digging my hands into the like blades of grass and I was and I saw this bug like moving around. And you know, normally I would have like smashed that bug and killed it. And I was like, how can anybody like kill anything? Like what like what is all of this is perfect. It's exactly the way it's supposed to be. And um, and I was like crying and I was happy and I looked over at Trevor and I'm not gonna say it right now because I, but I admitted something to him, uh, told him about something that I felt very guilty about, um, about my service record and the SEAL teams and then and uh, I just like told them this thing that I had told one person in my entire life and that was my doctor that I spent three and a half years in therapy with and I never even told her when I was in therapy 
I told her when we went back to Boca Raton to visit family and I, we went out to lunch and I told her then, like three years after I stopped doing three and a half years of therapy. And I told Trevor who I'd known for four days and he asked me how it felt to say that and I said it felt I said it feels fucking amazing <laughs> and uh, I started crying and I was happy and and um, and then I started coming down but I was I was just at complete peace my my ego had been completely sucked out of my body and um, and I knew what it was like to die and it was like I said it was similar to when I overdosed on cocaine but beautiful when I overdosed on cocaine I was thinking this is great you know I'm gonna die here on this piece of shit floor in Columbia. My parents are going to be like, yep, that's my son. He overdosed on cocaine in Columbia. Nobody found him for six months. And uh, this was totally different. This was like I was dying, but I didn't care about anything, nothing. And the one thing I did feel, I felt... The one thing I was not ready for, and this is during the bliss, it wasn't even during the anxiety before you felt the bliss, was I felt like there was farther I could go uh, in that feeling or in that state of consciousness. But I didn't want to come back. But the only thing that was holding me from going farther into that state of consciousness was I felt like you and Sonny needed me here and if I went any farther I didn't feel like I was going to come back and so I stopped myself from going there and as and when I did come down Trevor asked if he's like do you want to do the third one and I said you know I said I'm I'm really um I'm really thankful and I'm comfortable with with what I just experienced and I want to do it again but I said I'm not I'm not ready to do that right now and uh, I was I just said I, I want to if it's okay I would like to come back and 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 when I'm ready and he said yeah that's you know that's he's like that's why they call it a journey you know and then I went over and I told Marcus that same thing and then he shared something with me and 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 then I just said you know I, I was like I only have like one question left and I said I don't understand where evil even comes from after what I just saw I don't even know how it exists and uh, I said if there were evil or bad energy that walked into my field of view at that specific moment in time, 
at that level of consciousness that I felt it would have stuck out like a sore thumb. It would have been like, it would have stuck out so much that if, if I was in a black room and there was a spotlight on something, it would have stuck out that much. I mean, you just felt everything on earth at that moment in time that is in your field of view and even out, which is, like I said, this is very intuitive type, new level of consciousness. And um, everybody kind of was like, man, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. And um, so what that does is it basically that the five meo DMT it takes you to the most vulnerable the most vulnerable state that you've ever been in, and if you allow it to keep going and you really give yourself up. then it rewards you. What does that sound like? Sounds like the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus' teachings or something. And, um, and that's exactly what that was. And uh, yeah, and that was my experience. That's amazing, babe. So I know there's still more to go. And I'm going to do it again. But everybody, everybody in the world needs to experience that. And it was the most euphoric, the most life-changing, the most life-changing experience I've ever felt. And uh, so now everybody's probably wondering, you know, well, what did you, what are, what did you get out of it, you know, other than an extreme high and experiencing the the universe's energy, which half the people are probably like, oh yeah, but whatever. I don't care. I don't care anymore about what anybody thinks. And. So here's what I got out of it. You know, after being home uh, for a week today, I have zero anxiety. I don't get anxious around people. I don't get anxious in traffic. I don't get anxious on the plane. I have zero anxiety. All of my anger is gone. All of it. I'm 100% in the moment when I'm talking to you. I'm 100% in the moment when I'm talking to Sonny or when I'm playing with Sonny. <laughs> and you can attest to that, mm -hmm. how he's doing things that he's never done with me because I have something different about me. A new energy. That's all gone. I didn't... I'm pretty sure we've been talking for about two hours now. I haven't forgotten what I'm talking about one time. 
I did a two and a half hour live last night on Patreon. I didn't forget what I was talking about one time. I did a 90 or 50 minute video edit on the, the Mexico migrant camp with a, a speech in between. Didn't forget what I was saying one time. I haven't forgotten what I'm talking about mid-sentence since I've gotten done with this, since, since this experience. So whatever TBI damage was making that happen, and I do believe it was TBI, that is gone. That is fixed. I've had 11 pounds sucked out of me. I had the night sweats every night for a week, and you felt that. Yeah. You know, when I came home. <clears throat> I have... And I'm not making it a point to stop drinking or anything. I'm not making it a point. This is taking zero effort. It's There's no craving. I haven't had one drink in over two weeks. I don't miss it. I don't crave it. It's, it's taking zero eggs effort. I don't want it. I keep, and I'm not making it a point. If I want to take a drink again, I'm going to take a drink. But I don't want to. Not only that, I haven't smoked marijuana. I haven't taken Adderall. I haven't taken any sleep medications. I haven't taken any of my heartburn medications from whatever's going on with my esophagus. I haven't had any sugar. Or maybe I've had sugar, but I haven't. I have a sweet tooth, you know that. Mm. I haven't had any, I have no craving for candy Nothing. Haven't had any candy or sweets in over two weeks. I haven't had any potato chips, any French fries. I don't have any carb cravings, you know, in over two weeks. And I keep waiting for all this stuff to come back, and it's not coming back. None of those cravings are coming back. Or coffee. I haven't had, yeah, coffee. Forgot about that. I haven't had coffee in over two weeks. No caffeine, no soda, nothing. Not even sports drinks like Gatorade or what's that stuff we drink? Body armor. Body life. armor, nothing, nothing. No cookies, nothing. Not one thing. I'm eating, I'm not overeating. Yeah, we're barely having dinner. Yeah, we're not even having dinner anymore. We're doing a late lunch and that's it. And I don't even crave food at all until I'm up in the morning and then you know but I'm more productive than I've ever been in my entire life I'm not even we're not even supposed to be working right now I'm supposed to be letting this sink in but I'm actually enjoying work I'm enjoying everything all of it I'm able to delegate we came in it was Tuesday the first day back in yeah we did four hours I did four hours of work and I got more done in that four hours than I think I have in six years of business. <laughs> I mean, uh, a day. Yeah. Not like six years of business. But I was more productive that day than I have been any other day in six years of being in business. Then we came in the next day, and it was a full day. 
And I feel like I got like a week's worth of work done in one day. Because you probably did. It's insane what this has done. I don't get anxious in traffic. I don't get pissed in traffic. I don't care. Uh, I'm not judgmental anymore. I see people coming into work. I see people in the grocery store that normally I would judge. I see, you know, I'm not watching TV, but the few times we have watched TV, I'm not judgment, not judgmental. I don't care about politics. Like I, I know that shit doesn't even matter. I don't care. You know, the, it doesn't affect me anymore. I'm not comparing myself to my competitors. My resentment's gone. I don't care what people think of me. It took, look, look, put this in perspective. This, this used to be a gun reviewing channel. It took me two years to phase out of gun reviews. Two years of guns and tactics. Mm -hmm. I was so tired of reviewing guns and teaching tactics online, I, I couldn't stand it. But I was so worried about, well, what's my audience gonna do? They're gonna leave, they're gonna... It took me two years to transition into this show and completely leave that stuff behind. And then same with Patreon. It was all guns and tactics and stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it wasn't me, I was done. That's, that's another life for me. But I was still giving Patreon guns and tactics all the time, even after I quit on YouTube. And then I just stopped that less than a year ago. Now, and what's the latest goal? The latest goal has been, I don't want to just interview operators anymore and tell war stories. Yes, that's important, but I need to keep it fresh. And we've had conversation after conversation after conversation about, well, if I quit interviewing SEALs and Green Berets and, and cartel stuff, then nobody's going to watch anymore. I don't care. You know what? If they don't watch, I don't give a shit. I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I feel like my entire life is like been revealed and fallen into perfect place right before my eyes. Mm -hmm. We had a 50% gain in our Patreon prescriptions in two weeks. It was stagnant for a year and we just grew it by 50% in two weeks, two weeks. And I don't, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm having Trevor on this show in April. You know, if you would have told me two weeks ago I was going to have a psychedelic healer on this show, <laughs> I would have looked at you like you were absolutely insane. He's coming, and I can't wait to interview him. And we have all kinds of new types of guests that are coming on this show, and it's going to be amazing, and it's going to be perfect. And if people don't like it, I do not care. They can go somewhere else. I don't care. And I'm going to do what I want to do. And what that means is my ego is gone. Mm -hmm. It was sucked out of me. And I'm not worried about what other people think. I don't care if they judge me. I do not care at all. And so the sensation you get out of that is, is pure freedom. You're not controlled by the news. 
You're not controlled by politics. You're not controlled by anything that you can't control. You, for the first time in my life, I realize that I can't, that I can't control what people think of me and I don't care. I'm just going to be myself. And if they don't like that, bye. Don't care. I don't even care about Instagram anymore. You know, it was let's do a post. Let's do this. Let's do that. I got a post on Instagram. I don't give a shit about Instagram. I don't give a shit how many views this video gets. I don't give a shit about how many views my last Sean Ryan show gets. I don't care if they censor me. Don't care at all. I can't control any of that shit. Mm -hmm. I'm just being me and doing what I think is right and bringing truth to the people that I want to bring truth to. And it's been amazing. I know. Tell them about my eyes. Well, yeah, going back to that, um, they're lighter. That's the first thing I noticed. The color. <laughs> you said the whites of my eyes are whiter and yeah. the brown in my eyes is browner and the edges are... It's a different color, babe, altogether. That's how much toxic shit... I'm not even saying the word fuck very often anymore. <laughs> I think I said it one other time in probably two hours of talking right now. Mm -hmm. It used to be every other word. I did it last night, too, when I did my Patreon live. It was a two and a half hour live. And you didn't say it. I said it one time. And I caught, I said, that's the first time I've said this in like an hour and a half. And everybody was like, we all noticed it. <laughs> and uh, it's been great. It has been great. You know, and especially like right now, Russia is invading, invading Ukraine and the United States is doing absolutely nothing about it. And there's nothing I can do about that. It's, I'm not going to let it affect my day. There's nothing I can do. I can report on it without it affecting my day. I can read about it without it affecting my day. And, 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 you know, we just released that Peter Schweitzer interview about how China is invested in our entire political system. There's nothing I can do about that. That would ruin my day, ruin my week when I was reading that stuff and researching that. That was only two weeks ago. There's nothing I can do about it. So why let it affect my day? I started meditating. I never meditated. I just You never took a minute for yourself ever since I've yeah. known you. Yeah. So the fact that you're getting up, starting your day for yourself... You know, having that hour or so, just you, you know, I stay in bed, Sonny's asleep. That's, that's huge. That's what I've wanted for you for so long. I'm sleeping. Yeah. You're sleeping without any drugs or alcohol. Yeah. And you're dreaming. I'm dreaming. I haven't dreamt in... Very few dreams yeah. in years. And the dreams I did have were not good, you know? 
Mm-hmm. You know that. And you know the other thing is, you know, I get I get a lot of texts and a lot of people reaching out and a lot of acquaintances, and I was always so. I like felt this guilt all the time, like, oh, I didn't call so and so back. Oh, I didn't help so and so. I didn't do this. I didn't. I don't care anymore. Like, I'm still gonna help people, but I'm not. I don't feel that guilt when I come home and I have 25 text messages that I need to answer about people that I haven't talked to in years, or I don't feel that guilt anymore. It's this is my time with my family, and you can wait. And I don't feel guilty having to say that anymore. Good. I've been able to delegate jobs. I mean, I was a control freak. And that's another thing that I think with the Ibogaine, I said, I said with the 5-MeO-DMT, if you allow it, if you allow it to do what it needs to do, and you let it take you to the most vulnerable point you've ever been in in your entire life, it will reward you. I think with the Ibogaine, if you let the Ibogaine take control and you relinquish all the control, it's weird. By giving up all of the control, you regain control of what matters in your life. That makes sense. All the other shit doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. None of it. And yeah. It's been an amazing trip. <laughs> so for somebody watching, would you recommend that they do both? Yeah. I begin first and then five MEO DMT. I think. Do you think the way they have it set up is perfect? I wouldn't change anything about that program. Not one thing. You know, I even, we were talking, uh, you know, with, uh, I had lunch with Marcus and Amber in Coronado on my way home. And, um, you know, and they're, they have a big push with uh, getting legislation pushed on getting this legalized here in the United States. And I, and I hope they do, you know, I hope it works. Me and, too. but I, I did tell him, I said, you know, one good thing about it being outside of the U.S. is like, this is a serious commitment. It takes a week to do it. Mm-hmm. And people, and it's not accessible. It's kind of hard to get to. And so by having it that way, you're only going to get the people, you're not going to get like the people that just think they're like, oh, I'm going to go do some psychedelics. You're getting like, it you're filters get, them out. Yeah. You're getting people that are committed to getting better. That are, you know what I mean? They're tired of... Yeah, you're going to filter them out. Perfect way to put it. And um, man, I just hope people donate to them. Because that's... That's one of the only... Re- There's two reasons why... Three reasons why I'm spilling my guts with this experience right now. One, I want to raise money for Marcus and Amber Capone's vets organization because of what it did to me and I know it's real. Two, 
not just if you're a vet. If you are a vet or a special operations vet, I don't know. You got to talk to them. But if you're struggling and none of the other stuff's working and the VA or your doctor is just pumping you full of prescriptions, stop that shit and give this a chance. It will change your life forever. And three, even if you're not a vet, everybody needs to experience this. The world would be a hell of a lot better of a place if they did. Because you do realize none of this other shit matters. That's powerful stuff, babe. Yeah. So, if you are listening to this and you made it through this entire podcast, please go to Vets. I'm going to link everything below and donate. Donate to them. This is changing. This is changing lives for the better. It's saving marriages. It's saving lives. It's getting people off serious opiate addictions alcoholism, all kinds of drugs by resetting the receptors. Stanford's doing a study. And so far, I think that they said they may have, I think it was 30 people they put through this. They do a brain scan before they go down and do the Ibogaine. And then they go back after they do the Ibogaine. They don't even do the 5-MeO-DMT yet. They go back and Stanford is completely dumbfounded on the brain scan afterwards because the entire brain is lighting up. People are using all a lot more of their brain. I can't say all of their brain because mm-hmm. I don't know, but but it's all lit up. Whereas before it was just sounds like it was just two parts. Now it's the entire brain is lit up and they can't explain why. And this shit comes from a root. And 5-MeO-DMT comes from a toad. Not from Big Pharma. Yeah. Nobody's making major bucks off of this. It grows naturally in the earth. It's from the earth, from nature, and it's working better than any pharmaceutical prescription that you can get. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's think about that and how evil Big Pharma is and how evil the government is that's being paid off by Big Pharma for not making this legal. They are murdering people by not legalizing this. That's a shame. That's our government. But we can't control that. No. But you can control making the decision to go down there and get better on your own. And you said it best. What's that? Attraction, not persuasion. No. Attraction rather than promotion. Perfect. I'll leave it at that. I love you. I love you too.
Celebrate the Black Friday sales event at Woodhouse Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Blair. Step into a new Jeep that you can count on. From the awarded new Grand Cherokee to the capable 2022 Jeep Compass, the Jeep lineup won't compromise on power, technology, or comfort. Delivering confidence and convenience for 29 years. Woodhouse Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Blair is your trusted auto partner. Visit us off Highway 30 in Blair or online at WoodhouseChryslerJeepDodge.com. Today's show is sponsored by HelixSleep.com. Sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical, especially that deep, comforting sleep. Go to HelixSleep.com and take the sleep quiz. I took it and was matched with the Midnight Lux. Helix knows that everyone's unique, so they have several different mattress models to match based on your body type and sleep preferences. Once you match, your mattress comes right to your front door, shipped for free. When you receive your Helix mattress, You'll be hooked. It's so easy to unbox and you won't believe how well you sleep. You'll wake up feeling rested and refreshed. Helix mattresses are fiberglass free and cradle your body for essential support in every sleeping position. They have a 10-year warranty and Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans. So a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash SRS. That's helixsleep.com slash SRS. This is their best offer yet, and it's not going to last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now.